Christmas time brings a lot of great things, and it also brings some scary, spooky things. And in a moment, psychic John Russell back with us as we will talk about some things that have happened during the Christmas season. In our last hour of the program, you can ask him a question about some of the things we'll be talking about. Or if you want a reading, he'll just need a specific question from you. Back in a moment on Coast to Coast AM. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. John Russell back with us. Became aware of his psychic abilities at around the age of six years old. Starting giving psychic readings to friends and families at about 15. And by the age of 18, he was reading professionally. He eventually became internationally known and has more than 45 years of expertise as a professional psychic with a worldwide clientele. As a paranormal investigator, he has witnessed over 800 supernatural manifestations as well. He's got several books out, including A Knock in the Attic, Riding with Ghosts, Angels, and Spirits of the Dead. And his websites are linked up at coasttocoastam.com. And Merry Christmas, John. Good to have you back with us. Merry Christmas, George. It's great to be back. I always love being with my Coast family. They love you. And how have you been? I've been pretty good. I've been very busy, (laughs) a little bit tired, as everybody is with the season. But uh, other than that, can't complain. Does the Christmas season bring out any special ghost or strange stories? You know, it does. I think that um, any holiday that we focus on and kind of raise our vibrations to and increase the energies thinking about it, whether it's uh, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, even New Year's, I think that we focus our energies more and become more aware of the the uh, paranormal possibilities, the spiritual possibilities around holidays, just simply because we're more focused. And so that gives us a greater opportunity to have experiences. So you think beyond the rest of the year, the holiday season, the Christmas season, is a better time to communicate with the other side? I think it is simply because we focus more. We're more aware because, and especially during the Christmas season, we try and focus on the spiritual qualities of kindness, receptivity, giving, compassion, love. And, you know, we're focused on that Christmas story, the Christmas miracle, and the miracles that accompany Christmas, and angels, and all of these things. And so we're we're expectant of that. We're hopeful about that. We're focused on that. And that creates a more receptive atmosphere where the other side can communicate more easily. John, with the uh, new folks who joined the uh, team here, and they haven't heard you before, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Ah, well, I became aware of my gift when I was about uh, six years old, as you said. And around the age of 11, I started doing paranormal investigations. And the reason for that was I wanted to discover what was real and what wasn't, what worked and what didn't in the paranormal world, in the spiritual world. And as my gift developed, I began to do readings for friends and family. And then about the age of 18, uh, I began to read professionally. And uh, I've, I've read now for 50 years. I've got, a, as you said, I've got a worldwide clientele. I've uh, got a couple of books out. And one of the works that I hope is going to be out around February, March this, this coming year. A little slow working on that because I've been so busy with my clients and everything. But... Uh, that's that's kind of me in a nutshell. Did your family, your parents, encourage you? Uh, my mother did. My mother was a believer, and uh, her family had had a lot of paranormal experiences. And so it was just kind of status quo for me to come along and, and step into that. 
Uh, my father, on the other hand, was kind of a, uh, I think, a closet believer. Um, he didn't want to acknowledge it, and he was a little bit um, skeptical. A little bit scared, uh, yeah, a little bit, a little skeptical, but a little bit scared of the paranormal. Uh, it was something that he he couldn't control. Um, you know, it, it manifested whether he wanted it to or not. He couldn't explain it away, and uh, and I think it scared him a little bit. John, did you ever have a bad paranormal experience yourself? You know, I haven't. And in, in all these years, and uh, during the introduction, you mentioned eight hundred. I've had by now well over a thousand, and that's that's conservative. That's just kind of hitting the high points. A uh, thousand physical paranormal manifestations that have actually occurred on the physical realm. A lot of times others have witnessed them with me. Uh, we've recorded them. We've videoed them. We've photographed them. We've got them on audio and uh, never had anything negative, never had anything bad. Uh, I'm aware that there are people that say that they have, and I think some of that may be a misinterpretation of the events or, you know, we're we're raised a certain way and to believe a certain way, and if anything happens outside of that paradigm that we've been taught, uh, then our knee-jerk reaction is it's satanic, it's evil, it's demonic, it's dangerous, whatever. And I think people default to that without understanding what's really going on in the spiritual realm. John Russell with us, the psychic. We're going to talk about some Christmas events that have occurred this hour. Next hour, we'll take your calls, your readings with John. And all he'll need from you is a question. I'll tell him who you are. And you ask a specific question about just about anything, John? Just about anything. All right, perfect. Let's talk with the, you about some of these events that have occurred in your life. What's the story about the closet door that made a closing and latching? Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, when I was a young child, and this was at Christmas time. We had the tree up, and the presents were under the tree, and you know what a wonderful time. And and uh, my mother would go next door and visit with a friend of hers and leave me there in the house. And, uh, you know, I felt comfortable with that. And I, she was right next door. I could run over and get her. I could call her. I knew how to use the phone to call the police if something happened or, or whatever. So I was, you know, I, I was okay being by myself. And so she had gone next door to visit, and I was alone in the house. It was during the day. And uh, I had a little spaceman toy. And I was flying him around, you know, with my hand flying him around through the air, through the house. And so uh, I started in the living room there and looked at the uh, the Christmas tree and all the presents. And I was, you know, joyful anticipation of opening those presents and getting the gifts. And so I was flying the spaceman. <laughs> I flew him back through the, the uh, dining room and the kitchen and around the corner into uh, to my father's bedroom. And as I got close to it, I heard the closet door in his bedroom close and heard the latch click shut. You know, like when you push a door shut and the, little, the latch clicks, it goes into the... And uh, I just, <laughs> I immediately ran next door and got my mother and I said, I, there's somebody in the house. And so I explained to her what happened. So uh, my our neighbor was just you know, totally freaked out, and it's like, oh, my God, should we call the police? My mother said, no, I think I know what this is. She said, just just wait, and we're going to go over and check it out, and if we're not back in five minutes, you know, call the police or whatever, but I, I think I think I know what this is. So she said, I, I don't think there's anyone in the house. She said, I think that was just, you know, a spirit communicating with you, manifesting itself, and, and uh, so we went into the house, checked everything out, and, of course, nobody was there. Uh, 
and uh, we we looked in the closet, and <laughs> he's like, "Look, you know, it's it's okay," and explained to me that it was just a spirit communicating, manifesting, and I was like, "Okay." So uh, we closed the closet door, made sure it was shut. She said, "Are are you okay for me to go back and visit with a neighbor?" And I said, "Yeah, I'm I'm fine." So she went, and it, it boogered me just a little bit. I, I can't say I was really frightened, but it was kind of a little, a little bit unnerving. And so uh, when she went back to visit the neighbor again, I said, okay, uh, just just to prove to myself I can do this and everything's cool, I'm going to retrace my steps, fly my spaceman back there, and go back into the, the back part of the house to that bedroom again and, and uh, prove to myself it's okay. So I got back there in the same spot. I was before, and I heard the closet door <laughs> close and latch again. And I said, okay. <laughs> I steeled myself, and I walked in there, and I grabbed the knob, and, and the door was completely shut. I grabbed the knob, and I opened up the door, and this this overwhelming cold came out of that closet. It was like just having walked into a deep freeze or something. And it was like, wow, I was just overawed at this manifestation. And uh, so I just kind of, in my own way at that young age, kind of greeted the spirits and said, well, okay, you know, thank you for the manifestation. And and I closed the closet door, made sure it was closed, and heard the latch click. And as I was walking out of the room, I got out of the room, and I heard the door close and latch again. So that was one of the uh, one of the Christmas experiences I had at a very young age. Are you one of those guys, John, that can't sleep with your arm over your bed, or do you have uh, to pull it up? No, I'm 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 okay. I, I don't think there's any uh, I don't think there's any uh, boogeyman that's going to get me or anything. I can I can sleep with my arm off the bed. <laughs> that's great. Friday night during the program, I'm going to devote the last two hours to Christmas miracle stories. During open lines, you've got a few of those, don't you? I do, I do. Yeah, uh, one of the most amazing ones, and I write about this in my uh, my second book, A Knock in the Attic, and I'll give you the highlights of it here. Um, we had, um, I had moved back into uh, to the family home, and so had my sister. We were both divorced, and we moved back home to uh, to help uh, care for my mother, and it kind of gave us a soft place to fall after what we had been through so we moved back into the old family home and uh, we had it was it was all gas it was a gas cook stove a gas hot water heater we had uh, gas floor furnaces and gas space heaters and during our our entire lives even as a young kid uh, my mother loved candles and so especially at christmas time we'd light up a lot of candles and uh, i've kind of inherited that i guess i've i've loved candles and loved incense and so there was always some kind of flame going in the house either through cooking or the space heaters we had candles going all of this and uh, periodically we would uh, smell a kind of a, a funny odor and we really couldn't identify it and we thought well maybe it was a, a plumbing leak under the house or this or the other whatever so all these years uh, periodically we would smell that odor and we had all of this this gas heat going constantly. And so one day I had uh, had come home, and it was uh, oh late in the afternoon, but the sun was still out. It was a sunny day. It was cold, and it was right after Christmas. And I was uh, was watching the news, and uh, I'm sitting in my chair, and uh, I had a, a very large bedroom there in the old house. 
This was for the actually where the closet door clicked shut, <laughs> uh, that bedroom. It was uh, still in there. Yeah, it was still you in know. there, and it, it had become mine. So um, I was sitting there watching the news, and I had a, a gas wall heater going over in the bathroom. And I saw something out of the corner of my eye, and I didn't really pay much attention to it because the sun was shining through the uh, the bare branches and casting a pattern on my, my bed. And um, I thought, well, it's it's just the sun making a, a you know, flickering th- through the branches and didn't think much about it and kept watching my, my news story. And then I kept seeing this flickering, and I looked over, and I looked in the bathroom, looked at the uh, the wall heater, which was lit, and on the inlet pipe, the gas inlet pipe into the wall heater, this tongue of flame about six, eight inches long was out flickering, wavering in the air. And I was like, oh, my God. I said, you know, mm-hmm. the house is fixing to blow sky high. So I went there and I looked at this and I was like, this is this is insane. So I turned the, uh, the uh, gas heat off, turned the handle off, and the flame kept kept burning out of that. that Should have gone off instantly. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. So I went and I called the gas company. This was before cell phones. This was back when you still had a landline. Thought you had a leak or something, huh? Yeah, so I went and called the gas company. I said, what What do I do? And they said, do you know where the gas meter is? And I said, yeah. And they said, do you have a wrench? Go out and turn the gas off at, at, at the meter. So I got my wrench, ran outside. And, uh, and of course, it's, it's cold as a dickens. So I turned the uh, the gas off at the meter, came back inside, and the flame went out then in the uh, the heater because all the gas was off the house. So I uh, they said, we'll, we're sending an emergency crew out right away. So the emergency crew came out, pulled into the alley, and the gas meter was out in the alley, by the alley. Mm-hmm. So they pulled up, and uh, the guy I told the guy what happened, and he was just kind of looking at me bug-eyed and like, wow. So he gets out, and he has this handheld gas meter, gas detector, and he turns it on, and the thing, the needle pegs, and it squeals and, and goes crazy. And he's like, what the heck? So he turns it off, turns it back on, it does it again. And he's like whacking it, like, what is wrong? Yeah, like it's defective or something. Like it's defective or something. And so uh, we walk into the house, and uh, he's like, oh, my God. He said, Can you, can't you smell that? I said, what? And he said, the, the gas odor is just overwhelming. He said, it's almost instantly giving me a headache, and I, I couldn't smell it. And so he said, get doors and windows open. So we were opening the doors, opening the windows, and, and trying to air everything out. And I showed him the, the heater in the bathroom, the hole that had developed in the inlet pipe where the flame was coming out. And he just shook his head, and, and about this time another truck pulled up. And so we walked outside, and the guy was telling him what had happened. And the uh, the technician goes, how badly was he injured? How badly was he burned? And he said he wasn't. This is him right here. And the guy said, no. And so they hmm. began to examine everything and look at everything and the, with a gas meter. And finally the guy understood. He said, my gas meter is not defective. He said, the gas meter is leaking. The line from the gas meter into the house is leaking. Oh, my God. It could every have blown appliance. up on you, John. Yeah. Every appliance. And the house is leaking, and it had been this way for years. And so the uh, the guy said, "We have to pull the meter, get a put a new meter in. You're going to have to have the plumber come out 
and check these lines and and uh, so on and so forth. So, uh, so we spent the night without heat, and it was just cold as everything. And wow. So the the uh, one of the gas <laughs> people from the gas company looked at me and he said. This is a Christmas miracle. He said, it's a little after Christmas, but you have got your Christmas miracle. He said, this whole property shouldn't even be here. Should have blown he said, up. He said, you should have blown sky high years ago. He said, I can't understand how how this is still how this is still standing and how y'all are still alive. He said, you've received a Christmas miracle. And we didn't know the extent of it until the plumbers came out uh, the next day. And they have a procedure where they uh, pump up air. They get air pressure pumped up and release it into the lines and see, kind of like a blood pressure meter, and see how fast this indicator falls to show the the leak. And they said that when they pumped the uh, the air up, the pressure up, and then released it into the lines, the uh, indicator immediately plummeted down to zero. Um, and they said that the uh, like the gas company guy had said. The meter leaked, the gas line into the house leaked, and between that and in the house, they found 17 major leaks, 17. Jeez. And they, they said the same thing. They said, you should have been blown sky high a long time ago. This neighborhood shouldn't even be here. There should be a, a crater here the size of an asteroid impact. And so that was a Christmas miracle for us. We We understood that our guardian angels had literally kept us safe and protected us all those years through all those major gas leaks. And they put that sulfur smell in gas because natural gas is odorless. So they they put that smell in there so you know there's gas leaking. But you could never smell that, huh? Just just periodically. I guess we got accustomed to it over the years. And and it was like when the... uh, when the gas the technician was there, he was like, can't you smell that? And I was like, well, not really. You know, It was like, so I guess over the years we had just gotten accustomed to it. That is amazing. We're going to take a break in a couple minutes, John. We'll come back and talk about more stories during the holiday season. A Knock in the Attic, can people still get that book? Yes, so they can get my first book and my second book anywhere uh, online where books are sold, Amazon, Books a Million, Barnes & Noble, a lot of mom-and-pop bookstores online. Uh, all still available. You had fun writing that book, didn't you? I had a lot of fun writing both of those books, and I'm having fun writing the third one. Uh, it's it's just exciting to be able to communicate these things to people and to uh, to let people know the reality of the spiritual realm with which we can interact and, like in my case, uh, receive life-saving protection. Well, you get back to Lisa when that third book is done because I want to get you back on when it comes Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what's your best guess on that one? I'm hoping by the end of February. All right, super. And your websites, I've got a couple. Do you have a preference? Uh, JohnRussell.net. If people want to get a reading, find out more about me, they can go to JohnRussell.net. If they want to find out more about the books, uh, like I say, you can look at Amazon, enter the title, Writing with Ghost Angels and the Spirits of the Dead, or A Knock in the Attic. And each book has its own website as well. You can go to WritingWithGhosts.net or a knock in the attic.net. We'll be back in a moment with John Russell. We're going to talk more about Christmas stories, miracle stories, haunted stories. In our last hour of the program, of course, we will open up the phone lines for you to ask him a question about yourself, and he'll give you a reading. We'll be back. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you along with John Russell, our psychic friend, and we're going to take calls next hour, readings or questions about the psychic world. 
and we're talking about holiday magic events and holiday mysteries. And uh, it's what a, what a great time of year, John, isn't it? It's a wonderful time of year, and I wish we could maintain that spirit of compassion and love and miraculous expectation. I wish we could stretch that out all year long and not just focus on the month of December, but, uh, you know, uh, keep that spirit the entire year. It's been a strange year, hasn't it? Oh, man. <laughs> we've, we've had a strange couple of years. Two or we three really years have. Now. Yeah. And um, I think that what we need during this holiday season, this year especially, um, we have to realize that we have within ourselves the power to connect with something positive, uplifting, enlightening, compassionate, and healing. And that's what we have to focus on instead of the steady diet of negativity that we're fed through the news sources and everything else. It's up to us to to challenge that and to change that. I had uh, a friend of yours and mine, Kat Hobson. Uh, oh, yeah. She, yeah, she's um, started a uh, a thing where every Wednesday at noon, wherever you are noon your time, that every Wednesday you stop and pray for as long as you can, for as much time as you have. Now, we do that, John, on Fridays for people. How yeah, about that? There you go. And, and you know, the what we're doing is trying to pray for humanity at large, not just for our immediate needs, but for all of our needs. Because, you know, what happens on one side of the planet affects this side of the planet. What happens to someone somewhere else goes out into the psychic atmosphere, the spiritual atmosphere, and eventually affects us in some way, whether it's emotionally or psychologically or physically or whatever. So we're all in this together, and we need to we need to do everything we can to fix this thing, uh, to make the earth a better place to live, and to focus on compassion, and ending wars, and justice, and peace, and harmony. And uh, the more that we'll focus on that, pray for that, realize that we can make these changes if we'll focus on them put power and energy behind it and not give up, be consistent with it. Absolutely. You had a story about a hand on your shoulder. What was that all about? <laughs> that was an amazing thing. I had um, I had been involved in, in spiritual work for so long, and I had seen so many people uh, that, um, you know, did everything that they could, and they still fell ill or died or had all these severe problems. And these are all the things that, you know, people involved in spiritual work work with and try and overcome and try and help people with and try and help people to overcome. And I had just gotten so frustrated that it, it seemed like I couldn't make the difference that I wanted to. And it seemed like that, um, you know, people tried their best and, and still failed, still fell sick, still died, still had problems. And people were seeking and, and striving for answers. And at the time, I just didn't feel like I had the way to put all that together. And I just got tired of it, and I walked away from it. I, I walked away from all spiritual work, and I went out. I drove my car out, and this was during the Christmas season again. And um, it was a cold, clear night, and I drove my car out way out on the highway, way out in the country. And I got out, and I looked up at the starry sky, and I said, give me an answer now. Show me something now. And I shook my fist at the sky, literally. I was just so mad and so upset and so tired and so disgusted, and nothing happened. And I said, yeah, I thought so. 
and I drove back home, and it was maybe a week or two later. I was uh, lying in bed at night asleep, and I woke up, and uh, I was wide awake. I could move my eyes, could look around the room, but I couldn't move my body. I was totally paralyzed, and I was was laying facing away from uh, the, the side of the bed toward my bathroom where this entity was, and they laid a hand on my shoulder very firmly. I could physically feel it just like somebody was standing there in the flesh. And they gave my shoulder a gentle squeeze. And I, I felt this tremendous love and compassion communicated through the squeeze. And it was like, we we get you. We understand your frustration. But don't walk away from the gift and don't walk away from helping others. You know, come back to this and walk in the light that you have and you'll get some more along the way. And then the hand released its grip and then I could move. And I turned over and, of course, there was no one there. But... That was a, a really powerful and defining moment for me that the other side would come to me and give me that that loving caress and say, hey, you know, we understand, <laughs> you know, we, we got your frustration, we get it, but we're here, you know, come back to the, the practice, come back to your gift, and walk in the light that you have and you'll get more. Do these things happen to you often, John? Nearly daily. <laughs> wow! Yeah, it's it's just an amazing, amazing life, and uh, you know, other people will uh, that that are around me, they will experience these things, and uh, a lot of times I will kind of activate things that remain um, in the psychic and in the spiritual atmosphere, and continue to manifest physically after I'm no longer there. Like when we uh, shot the TV pilot for the History Channel. Uh, the places that I investigated, uh, then they sent reenactment crews back to those spots to shoot the the historical aspects mm-hmm. of things. And my producer told me that uh, while they were filming in places where I had been, that they would see objects move on their own, like things would move four, five, six inches by themselves, things like that. So where I had activated things during this paranormal investigation, that energy remained active for, for quite some time. John, what's the story of when you sent a ghost to a friend of yours? Nice guy, John. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, I had met this woman, and... Um, we were initially thinking it was going to be a romantic connection, and, and it, it wasn't. She was a great person, and she liked me. I liked her, but there was just no romantic spark there. And so we became very good friends. And, uh, again, during the Christmas season, uh, as a matter of fact, it was New Year's Eve, and we had met for a, for a drink, and it was really early. It was about, I guess, 8 or 9 o'clock, something like that. And she said, uh, what are you going to do? Uh, for, uh, you know, what are you going to do tonight? And I said, I'm going to go to bed and go to sleep. <laughs> she goes, really? Seriously? I said, yeah, the new year will be there tomorrow. I said, I'm going to go to bed and go to sleep. I said, what are you doing? She said, well, I'm going to a friend's house, and we're going to open up some bottles of wine and, uh, you know, toast the old one out and the new one in and visit and have fun and everything. I said, oh, that sounds delightful, so have a, have a good time. So she got up to go and kissed me on the cheek, and I, we hugged, and I said, you know what? She said, what? I said, I'm going to send a ghost home with you. And she laughed, and, and she knew what I did, and she believed in, in what I did. She believed and had experience of her own and everything, but she laughed. And I said, no, seriously, I'm going to send a ghost home with you. She's like, yeah, okay, whatever. And <laughs> so we said goodnight. And so uh, 
I went home, went to sleep, and of course at night I turned my my phones off and everything off because you know people call all hours of the night and everything else. And uh, so I got up the next morning and uh, turned on my computer, and I had this uh, this email from her, and she was like, "Check your messages," and this it was like all these exclamation points and everything. So I got my phone message, and she was like. Oh my God! She she was telling me all this stuff that had <laughs> happened. Then later in the day that we talked. So what had happened was, uh, after she left, she went to their her friend's house, and there was uh, several several of her girlfriends were there, and they were sitting in the kitchen, drinking wine. Now this is the winter, so it's cold. Everything's closed up. There's no drafts, nothing open, or anything like that. So you know those wire hanging fruit baskets that come in three segments right, down right. on chains. One of those was hanging there in the kitchen. And she said, out of the corner of her eyes, she looks at this thing, and it starts moving. It starts swinging. Back and forth. Back Back and and forth. forth, Back and forth. And she's like, oh, my gosh. And so uh, she, you know, tries to ignore it. And so finally one of the other other women there sees it, and she goes, what in the world is happening with this thing? And everybody looks, and the basket's swinging back and forth. So the lady gets up and says, well, this is weird. So she grabs it and stops it. And as soon as she sits down, it immediately starts swinging again. And she said, by now, it's like getting, you know, the arc is like getting a foot or two. It's like swinging that wildly. And everybody's like, what in God's name? What is happening? And she goes, John and his stupid ghost. And they're like, what? And so she tells them that I was going to send the ghost with her. And then she'd have evidence that there was some ghost with her. And so they just stopped the basket and they were laughing so she was telling them about me and they were discussing things and here the basket starts going again so that was the time i sent a ghost over with people and i've done that to, the, to some other people and uh, i had a buddy of mine I, coincidentally i think this was around christmas time as well i told him i'm gonna send uh, i'm gonna send some energy to you or send a ghost to you there's gonna be a manifestation you cannot ignore because this guy was a little skeptical he'd experienced a lot of things with me but he was still a little skeptical and so he was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. So he had a house uh, that they had lived in that he kept for his office, basically. And then his the other residence was a few doors down. And so he uh, he called me and said that when he had, after I said that I was going to send something to him, he came to his office, the house that served as his office the next day, and uh, unlocked it and came in and was in the kitchen making some coffee and looked over and the refrigerator had been moved out a good foot away from the wall. <laughs> he said, okay, you can stop now. <laughs> he said, I, I believe. <laughs> now, you've got a great story about a trailer ball that slid off the shelf. Those things are heavy, aren't they? Those are really, really heavy. And uh, this was during the Christmas season, and my daughter was with me, and we were shopping. And uh, this was at a Walmart uh, store, as a matter of fact, and they had all these trailer balls in the packaging lined up on the shelf. And uh, she was off looking at something, and all of a sudden this this ball starts sliding forward just slowly by itself, just moving toward the edge of the shelf. And I yelled at my daughter and said, look, come look at this, come look at this. And she came and looked, and we watched it. I said, oh, my God, it's going to fall off on the floor. And we ran over there, and I caught it just as it, it slid off the shelf. So, um, and I told her, you know, I said, and, and she has a little bit of the gift, but I think she's always kind of been a little scared of it. And uh, I told her when she came, I said, you know, they're they're going to give you signs that they're with us, that they're with you. 
and uh, there's going to be things you're going to see that you you can't deny, you can't ignore, and and that was certainly one of them. That is a, now also, you you talk about the holiday season. How do you extend that joyousness for the rest of the year? It's not that easy, is it? It's it's not easy at all because you know we have. Uh, a lot of things to contend with in the world. We have a lot of things to contend with in our personal life. And what's been impressed upon me lately from the from the spiritual realm, the guidance I've got, is that we have to make, every day, we have to make a conscious effort to focus on and to manifest all the positivity that we can. And we have to, and, and that's not to deny reality. It's just simply that we have to focus on working to change that reality, and there's several ways you can do that. And we have to develop an attitude of mindfulness, of gratefulness, uh, you know, being grateful for what health that we do have, for what we have um, materially, um, the relationships that we have. And we have to make a conscious choice to continue that compassion, that hope, that belief, that love that we all manifest around Christmas time, that we all hope for, and that attitude of expecting the miraculous or hoping for the miraculous, we have to focus on that every single day and draw that out through the entire year and not just make it a seasonal thing, but it's something that we need to be mindful of every day. And we have to check ourselves during the day as we go through the day because we find ourselves slipping into negative habits or negative patterns or uh, wrongful thinking, harmful thinking, or indulging in behaviors that are not the best for us. And we have to remind ourselves, hey, at this moment, uh, you know, am I doing everything I can to feel good, uh, to connect with the other side, to make a positive difference in my life and the lives of others, and just to experience joy, just to experience compassion and to manifest love and compassion and to exhibit that to others? Uh, you know, am I, am I taking five minutes here and there to pray during the day or to connect with the other side? and ask for guidance and ask for the betterment of mankind. We have to do that. We have to extend that. that, It's a conscious effort. Tell us about these tall megalithic beans that popped up on you. Oh, this is really wild. Um, I uh, I was riding my motorcycle, and I turned on this this country road, and uh, as I made the turn, I looked in my rearview mirrors, as I always do, and there was this tall, thin, maybe 12, 14 feet tall. It was very, very tall. Uh, black, like a like a monolith, like the, you know, the monolith in 2001, a space odyssey, but but very tall, very thin. And it was it had appeared behind me in the road, in the roadway where I had just turned. And I knew, of course, there was nothing there. And I saw this in my rearview mirror. And I got the distinct uh, impression that it was a being of some type some type of, of intelligence or some type of entity. And the message that it seemed to convey to me was, uh, hey, we just want you to know that we're watching you, we're watching over you, we're protecting you, we're guiding you. And I wanted to turn around and go back, and, and the, all of a sudden there was this oncoming traffic that forbade me to turn around and, and go back and try and see this. And then as I looked back in the mirror, it was gone. And interestingly enough, I was talking to a client the other day, and they made mention that they had experienced uh, seeing uh, such an entity, such a being. And since then, hmm. there's been a, a few people I've talked to that have seen these very tall, uh, thin... What do you think they want, John? I think that um, 
they are kind of here to, just for that purpose to say, hey, you know, we're here, we're watching over you. Um, open up your eyes and, and connect with the guidance that's available on the other side and realize that these beings, these intelligences, our guardian angels, spirit guides, are around us 24 hours a day, every day. And we need to open up our eyes and realize that and connect with that and ask for that guidance, ask for that help. John, we're going to come back in a moment and take phone calls in our final hour with you, readings with you. Just uh, give us a question directly to John, and he'll run with it. We're going to chat with him about a few other things when we come back on Coast to Coast AM. 